Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. Hey, welcome to another episode of Growth Marketing Today. And this episode is all about AI. And I have Jackson Khan, he's the head of marketing at Nudge.ai. As growth marketers, we're always trying to check out what's coming next so that we can use that to our advantage to grow our companies. And artificial intelligence is it. Jackson Khan is the right guy to talk about AI in terms of growth marketing because not only does he head marketing for an AI company, he also has a podcast around AI. So if you want to know how you can use AI to grow your company, then you need to listen in on this episode. If you want more information, if you want the outline of this episode or any tweetable quotes, go to growmarketing.today forward slash 030. And just an announcements, I'm going to be taking a break for about four weeks. This is my last podcast episode before I get married. I'm getting married literally next week. So I look forward to chatting with you in September. Other than that, this is my episode with Jackson. All right. Hey, everyone. I have for today, Jackson, based here in Toronto. He's head of uh, marketing at Nudge.ai. How's it going, Jackson? How are things with you right now? Oh, it's great, Ramley. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm really excited to have the chance to talk with you. Yeah, I'm really excited because, you know, you've been releasing, Nudge has been releasing this connection, like most connected startups in, in Toronto. And then you just did one for, for Kitchener, Waterloo, right? So I just one of the things I, I definitely want to talk to you about is this thing, uh, Connection strength. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm happy. I mean, Tech Vibes actually featured us yesterday, which yeah, I'm excited about. I, I saw that. Um, Congrats. Yeah, I mean, I, thanks so much. I mean, I mean, the essence of it is the fact that relationships, you know, have always been and remain and perhaps even now more so than ever essential to a business's success. I think, you know, the reason is, I mean, we, we've got all the sophisticated technology to help us grow our businesses, all sorts of marketing and sales tools. But you kind of see some companies forgetting, you know, what, what really makes a brand successful, it's a relationship that they have with their customers. And so mm. what we're looking to do is showcase, you know, who are the brands who are actually growing relationships. And the cool thing about Nudge is because we measure all the relationships of our users um, in aggregate, we can actually showcase that. And so what we've done with these most connected lists is we're, you know, we've got Nudge users who are connected to or are part of all these companies. And so we're actually able to profile thousands of different businesses based on their relationship strength and how connected they are. So what we've done in this case is we've actually put out over 50,000 pages of company data. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. And it's all accessible. It's publicly available at public.nudge.ai. And what we are, we're also doing simultaneously is we're going to be releasing lists, curated lists, um, which mm. are all automatically generated by the system. But then, you know, we're, we're going to make sure that they're all at least tuned up, ready to be showcased, um, people are in the right spot. But overall, I mean, these lists are going to be really useful for the community. We want to make sure that they're they're there. And, we're, we, you know, we're starting with our home base in Toronto and then also to Waterloo. And those lists are the, you know, the 100 most connected companies in Toronto and the 50 most in, in Waterloo and Kitchener. You know, what we're showcasing there is, is what we're actually seeing there is that some of the most successful companies, you know, for example, in Toronto, companies like League, Top Hat, the ones we all know, care about um, and already seen grow so quickly. They also happen to be the companies that have the biggest, um, mm. most connected networks. Um, right. So we're looking to showcase, you know, that th- this is a key part of business. We want to emphasize, you know, for example, as well, if you're in the startup community and you're looking to get connected to a company, who could you reach out to at those companies? Mm. Who could really tell you a lot? Who's got the best relationships both internally and externally? And so, you know, we're really hoping that this is a, a valuable, you know, resource that it's a community resource for people starting companies or people to know what kind of companies exist in the scene. And 
who they might possibly want to reach out to you to learn from and, and form relationships with. So that's the most connected cool. list, you know, starting in Toronto, Waterloo, we'll put on more of those and, you know, really hope that's valuable for everyone. I love asking this question because, uh, you know, I always say this career journeys are not uh, linear. They're usually some form of uh, the curve road or, or zigzag. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your career journey on how you got to where you're at right now as head of marketing at Nudge. Yeah, super happy to do that. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm in fact a huge advocate of the what I call the, the non-linear career. <laughs> uh, mine definitely starts in a totally different area from, from Nudge AI. I go back as far as the end of high school and early university and talk about educational work that I did. I served on the school board, ran an actually a national education nonprofit in sort of the student leadership space. So that, that was kind of my start was in the education and the nonprofit space. I also did a lot of, of travel throughout school. I studied international relations and development. You know, it was so interested in, in exploring the world, learning a lot. And, and I think for me, you know, when I was later in university was, well, how can I help more young people get engaged in, in global work and global education? So, so I actually co-founded an organization called Young Diplomats of Canada. Wow. Uh, that organization now continues. I exited about three years ago. But what it, what it now does is actually enables young Canadians, you know, usually average age about 25 to 30, but actually to go and, and serve on delegations to the United Nations, the World Bank, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know, these big global organizations and, and get engaged with them. The goal is, you know, train young people to, to be engaged, to, to have, you know, this capacity to represent our country abroad. And then also, you know, to hopefully lobby and advocate for, for, you know, policies that young people really believe in in these international circles. So that was really the start of my career. It got me really engaged in the community. And after all that advocacy work, though, I realized that a lot of my career is just about, you know, making Canada better. Um, I really think that possibly the best thing I can actually do to help the world is, you know, bring more of Canada to the world, um, use Canadian influence to improve the world. So, and I think, I, you know, I've, I've been given a lot by this country and well-placed to do it. So I think one of the next steps for me and what I was thinking about at the time was, well, I would love to help build Canada up and make sure that our economy is in a good spot. I really think that, you know, we're actually in the biggest shift in our lifetimes and, and even the potentially the history of Canada, or at least the last, you know, 50, 60 years, the modern history of Canada. You know, we're going from a shift from being a resource-driven economy to being an innovation-driven economy, one that services-based, has a highly talented workforce. And so, I mean, that's really the future of work in Canada, right? It's how do we have innovative companies, innovative products? So, you know, I, I, I kind of have, have jumped headfirst into that, my friend. It's, uh, it's, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, always been interested in tech as well. Ran a web design, you know, company to get through school to pay for that. Uh, originally thought I was going to do the whole management consulting thing, but I did a stint at Microsoft to get some experience. Instead, though, you know, instead of the corporate piece, I decided to jump into startups. Um, I first thing I did at a school was, was build a company in the career tech space for about a year. You know, ended up running out of money and a couple of school debt, you know, wasn't really able to keep going with it. Good thing is, you know, th- that company still ended up raising money about a year later. I still support those guys and great team, great founder there. I joined another company and this is the role just before Nudge, but I, I joined a company called Influitive, great right. company in yeah, Toronto focused on advocacy and, and customer advocacy and in terms of how can you use customers to, to grow your business and, and leverage their, the, that fan base that you have. Um, I did the kind of experimental role with them, which was a mix of public relations or we called it influence hacking. So how could, you know, <laughs> We expand our, our company's influence and our, and our reach as, as broad right. as possible. That was a really, really cool job. Got to, got to really get in with a great team there and grow that. And then, you know, most recently, and, and, and you're familiar with this, but I started a new adventure with Nudge AI about a year and a half ago, broader in scope, um, sort of doing all of our marketing, a lot of our user acquisition and growth. And then a really cool sector. I mean, AI is so nascent. It, it's such an exciting space to be right. in. And, you know, now, now leading up marketing here and focused on growing our self-service revenue and and our brand, building off a lot of our initial success with 
with some great enterprise customers that we've landed. And so I'm really excited to, to be here working with this team on, you know, a great business and, and, you know, outside of work, trying to stay engaged with the startup community, helping, helping people with Venture for Canada and, right. you know, civic organizations too. I still really care about the community in the world. Also run my own podcast uh, called Ask AI. So <laughs> that's a bit about my career and where I'm at. Uh, I love everything in, in sort of cool. our space and, and working here. So good, man. Uh, there was one thing you talked about Canada becoming innovations more country. Uh, AI is a huge part of Toronto and even Montreal right now, right? Like um, a lot of yeah, booming. Are, yeah, which is leads to my next question about Nudge. What is you know for my listeners who don't know what Nudge AI is, what is Nudge and what do you guys do? Yeah, I think that the simplest way to explain Nudge would be that we we help you unlock the value of your relationships. Mm. And specifically in the context of growing a business, um, certainly you could still use Nudge AI. You know, if you're if you're a solo user or you know an independent business, your person who just wants to grow your network. But beyond being a networking tool, this is actually meant to be a very sophisticated tool for sales, marketing, customer success teams. You know, teams who are really focused on on growing, building, maintaining relationships over time. We we want to let you use those relationships to grow your business. Could be things like, for example, getting introductions. Um, if you want to access new accounts for your business, especially in sort of business-to-business companies, we make that really easy. We, mm. we do that because we're able to measure the strength of your relationship. So, for example, I can measure your and I's relationship. And we actually do that by pulling in all of your communication data. So that could be everything from, you know, email and calendar and phone, as well as all the data from, you know, Salesforce or CRM, all your marketing systems effectively any point of contact that you have with the people. We'll measure your relationships and we can also measure your collaborators. If, if they opt in and they sign up to be a part of your team in Nudge as well, hmm. we can measure all their relationships and we can do that in a far, far more precise way than LinkedIn does. Because LinkedIn is actually, I don't know if you ever looked at, you know, LinkedIn will say you have a first or second degree connection. It's right. actually only really based on when you first connected. Right. Um, and as you know, probably in LinkedIn, you probably got, what, 90%, 8% of your connections are, you may not even know them or know them particularly well. <laughs> True. Nudge is just about measuring real relationship strength and business strength. Right. And that's based on, you know, are you actually communicating with that person? And we'll factor in things like the decay of a relationship over time. We're measuring factors like, you know, the frequency, the duration, the, even the, to some extent, the quality of the conversations you're having, right? So we, what we can do with that is we can help you find the right person to get an introduction to, the right person to, to make that introduction, for example. And that's just on one end. That's prospecting. We also can extend that to, you know, if you want to analyze a whole deal that you have with a particular client, we can look at all the aggregate relationships across your whole team and that client. And then that'll give you a perspective as to if you're trying to get a new deal, it's, well, maybe that deal is going to slip. If I'm trying to close and we don't have the right relationships in place, or if I've had that customer for a while and our relationships are falling apart or they're decaying, it may mean we might be at a risk of losing the customer. So we want to help you you grow and, and maintain those relationships. You can grow and maintain your business. We want to give you a scalable way to do that and, and leverage your your network, your whole organization's uh, web of relationships to do that. Nice. No, that's so absolutely cool. You say you pick up a lot of data. What? So you talked about email and Salesforce. Can you connect your phone so you can see phone calls and like text messages and other things like that? Like, Where do you get the data? Yeah, so currently we can't track um, text or, or like Facebook Messenger or things like that. Phone calls, what we currently do is we, we pull it through your calendar. So like, for example, oh, nice. like, again, this is mostly based for sales or, you know, client management teams. Right. Uh, most of our customers are either like big tech companies, um, like billion dollar tech companies or, you know, you know, at least companies with usually like a 
you know, $10 million in revenue, or they're, you know, we even have like customers in wealth management, for example, people who are managing high net worth relationships. So, so typically there's a lot of communication happening there that, that's scheduled. It's okay. Hey, we're going to have a phone call. It's going to be in our calendar. So that gets tracked all those phone calls, all Makes those phone sense. meetings. In the meantime, I mean, it's very possible that we'll be able to pull in your call history as well over time by actually plugging in with your phone provider. Problem is we're not able to pull in um, text and phone call history directly from your phone based on sort of my understanding is app sandboxing. It may be down the line mm-hmm. where we're able to pull that in. In the meantime, though, what we're able to find is we typically can cover 80 to 90% of, of communication that's happening, or at least it's being tracked by all your systems, especially in a business context. Definitely makes sense. How does that score show up? This, is it a percentage or is it like a five star, three star? Like, how do you know me? Yeah, we'll, we'll show you a simple, very simple, like visual score. Um, it's typically the relationship strength is one we indicate from very weak to very strong. Nice. We'll even just show you something as simple as a Wi Fi bar of is it any good? Nice. So we can do that for you for sure. And what we'll also do on the advanced analytics side is we can show you in depth, you know, the breadth and the depth of the relationships that you have. Um, so we could show you that in an account level, we could show you that, you know, on a per sales rep or account executive or account manager level. So for example, you could see if you want to as granular as how is this person on my team performing across all the accounts that we care about and the depth and breadth of their relationship. So, right. so there's actually a quite a bit we can show you. I mean, we, we try cool. and keep it simple at a high level um, right. for when you're just flipping through, you know, your, your relationships and your businesses that you care about. But if you want to get really granular with it, you know, we can go pretty deep. Cool. That's cool. Uh, how were you able to do this for like a whole whole lot of companies for cities? Like like you were talking about it earlier about like, uh, you know, some of your clients first. And then how did you figure out which companies are the, the most connected essentially is my question. Yeah. I mean, so with that, you can measure all the connections that you have within your user base to the people at those companies. Okay. So that'll show us, you know, an extension. Like if, if I know, you know, even if this person at this company may not be a nudge user themselves. Like we can see all the nudge users connections um, oh, at a high level to them. Um, right. Again, we're like, just to confirm, like we're not reading anybody's emails, but it really is about, you know, if you know uh, the email header data, for example, you can just see like who is back and forth, who has right. a relationship at this level. And then right. if you pull that into an aggregate score across the entire user base, you know, we can see who's, who's actually really connected. And, you know, because there's quite a bit of overlap, especially in the Toronto network, you know, where there's a lot of nudge users, there's actually over a thousand companies that have at least one nudge user into them. So that would mean, you know, we're able to get a good sense, at least uh, at a high level of of who's connected to whom, uh, which is cool, right? I mean, that's kind of the advantage of having a a broad relationship graph. All of our data is kind of in a universal data model. So there's a lot there that we can do with with the nudge database. And so we wanted to really showcase that to the public and, and put a lot of that data public. And, you know, from a high level now, you're able to get a brief of a company. For example, I can look up a company like Shopify and I could see a bunch of details about Shopify if I go, if I go to Nudge's public section. And I could see, you know, a lot of the people who have great relationships there, who have good networks, who, are, who work at Shopify, mm. uh, which is, I think, really, really useful, especially if you're just trying to reach out to them. And then if you do get into the actual Nudge app and, and you go sign up for that, then you could see within your network who could connect you to Shopify. Right. It's cool. And that's exactly how you built out that list uh, that got covered by Tech5. So like you tried to just put it all together and just created top 100 or so lists in uh, the city. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. Let's talk about your growth driver. When I saw that list, you know, as a marketer, first thing I thought of was like, man, this is such great SEO backlinks generator, right? That you have huge lists. People, you know, those companies are like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on this list. I'm going to put this on our blog. So now you have potentially a hundred companies linking back to your site. Was that part of the strategy for that list particularly, or was it just like, oh, this would be something cool? Was it, was there a little bit of SEO play in that list? 
Yeah, I mean, I won't lie as a marketer. I'm super excited to see if it becomes useful for SEO. Right. But I think number one, I mean, we want this to be a useful resource for the community. And because if you look up now on Google and just Google a company, sure, you can go look up whatever whatever you want on them. Right. Um, you know, you can look at the about page, you can look at whatever. But I think probably the most insightful piece that you might be able to provide to someone, especially if they're a marketer or a salesperson, someone trying to reach out to a business is who has the relationships to that company? Who matters? Mm. Who has influence? Right. We want to make that as easy as possible so that now, you know, in the future, if you're Googling, you know, Shopify and what comes up is a page that says Shopify account brief, and that's the nudge relationship date on that page. That would be super useful. I think uh, it's going to help us all be a lot more connected. It's going to help us, you know, put relationships first instead of just going and sending emails spam to like 500 people at the company <laughs> who don't want it. Right. It's right. like, how do you identify the people who matter? Fast? Right. And we really want to help people do that, especially, you know, startups who, who just don't maybe have connections already. So we think it's going to be super useful, Ramley, um, really, really useful. And, you know, yeah, it'll be great, you know, if we can get that up in the search results. I think the more and more that people realize this is there and the more and right. more people shift back towards, you know, using relationships to sell into companies and realize that through, a, you know, a tool like this, that it's actually possible to do it at the same scale as, as an email outreach application. Right. but without spamming the crap out of people and annoying <laughs> them, right? So we want to make that process scalable and simple and effective for people. That's awesome. And that's exactly what I wanted to ask you next is about your main growth drivers for how you were able to get this many customers so far. Like what were, you know, you've been here for a year and a half. What worked? Uh, what didn't? Yeah, so what's interesting about Nudge is it's, it's the first business-to-business uh, -business company that I've worked in because primarily sell the businesses. When I came on, you know, it was, we didn't, we didn't have any, any customers at that point. It was about a year and a half ago. We had just finished two years of intense product development. And we also, I mean, we're, we're really just starting to ramp up our user, user growth activities. One of the first things that we did was we had a free Chrome extension that we launched that was able to give you a bunch of the nudge data on relationships right inside Gmail. Uh, we also now have that for Outlook and Salesforce and all sorts of different applications, especially folks that, you know, ones that, ones that sales folks would use. But at the time, it was, well, how can we get this to as many people as possible? So what we decided to do, and I think one useful thing for, for any marketers listening in is, you know, definitely think about doing a product hunt launch for, mm. for your company. It, it was so useful. It helped us generate, I think, over 5,000 users in one day. Wow. And, it, and yeah, it was, it was immense. <laughs> and, it, and it took about probably 24 hours to fully execute and, and, you know, probably 50 hours of planning. But in terms of an organic investment of, of your time and your energy and your efforts, I mean, that's way better than, you know, paying $5,000 to $10,000 for some ads, right? You right. can do that once. And the cool thing is it keeps coming, right? I mean, mm. we we now have this great product hunt page where we've got hundreds of upvotes, 100 plus, you know, comments, positive reviews, lots of social proof for our product. And and I've now noticed that product hunt has now re remained one of our most, most valuable referral sources. And at the landing page that's external to us, continues to generate traffic on a weekly basis. It's something I point to people as a great point of success, a great point of you know social proof for us. I really think product time is great interest. We were really focused on user acquisition for my first sort of six to 12 months. It was, how do we get a lot of free users on the platform? The reason we had a huge focus on free users is just twofold. One is, that's the key part of the product. Nudge is about networks. It's about relationships. Right. So with these users coming on, I mean, everyone engages their entire network with our network. And because it's, again, a universal data model, that makes the rest of the data better. So the network effects of the platform really grow. It'll show you more information. Every user that joins the product gets better, which is really, really cool, really exciting. 
So that's one thing is we wanted to make the product better. We knew we had to get to a critical mass of users. Right now we're at over 20,000. That's already given us, you know, if you calculate the potential connections now from that user base, it's actually over 50 million relationships that those people now have in, in total, which is, which is fantastic, right? That gives you data. That gives you a basis for, for people to come on for you to start getting customers. So, so that was a huge goal for us working on that. The second piece is with Nudge, I mean, sure we do, you know, enterprise sales and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to companies, we'll reach out and say, hey, <laughs> would you like to buy Nudge and, and upgrade your, your, your relationships and the way that you run your business? Certainly, and, and you know, we, that's, that's the way that we've been able to land some great customers, ones we're really proud of. But the cool thing about Nudge as well is because we have a very accessible platform, we've been able to sell, you know, at even as low as $20 a month, just using your credit card without us even talking to you. We, we, you know, we want to make users successful on our platform. And if they want to get even more from the platform, there's a very small, low-cost option for them to upgrade to be a premium user. That'll give you Salesforce access and integration, um, automatic updates, and, and nudging functionality effectively so you can keep touch with all your contacts. And, and that's, that's really, really cool for us. And so that, that's what we've been more focused on the last six months or so is you know, going really hard and, and getting some great sales, lots of new logos. As well on the marketing side, it's been how do we make sure the users are successful? And once that we found them being successful, how do we get them you know, to maybe take a chance on, on trying our premium platform? What's great is we've already had, I believe, dozens of thousands of people just enter in their credit cards I mean, in, terms of, in terms of new uh, revenue for us, subscription revenue. Great, great to hear um, just in a matter of a couple months. You know, lots of new users really subscribing to our premium platform, having a lot of great success, a lot of great stories. And, you know, we're getting a lot of great social proof from that, too. So that's what we're focused on now. And, you know, the main strategies around that, we use Intercom a lot to engage with our customers, to use conversational marketing and messaging to, you know, to to engage with them. One of the things I'll share is, you know, if someone loads, for example, our Chrome extension a certain amount of times, we'll message them. We'll say, hey, looks like you're using Nudge a lot. Do Do you want to leave us a positive review online? And that's, that's a great tool to grow your business. Again, spreads the social proof, gets them to feel like, you know, they do really love the tool, gets them to vocalize their appreciation. That helps you grow even more. So things like that, right? It's like, how do you build on your early successes? For us, that was product time, intercom, getting reviews online, in the Chrome store, on G2 Crowd, websites like that. We, we do a lot of that too, to do a lot of organic growth. We also do a lot of LinkedIn posting. That's kind of one of our main growth drivers. We find people really care. Um, nice. it's, like a, it's like a publishing platform on LinkedIn now, right? People really, really listen, so... Nice. I like how you're doing it relationally. Like uh, <laughs> it's good. Really, really eating like what you believe in, which is trying to grow through relationships. I want to jump on one thing you said about Product Hunt. Uh, you said it took you, what, 50 hours of planning, you said? I'm curious what went into that 50 hours. Like how did you get 5,000 users? Like what was your uh, like, rollout strategy essentially? How did we get past that uh, many how- users? No, how, how did you roll out your product hunt um, strategies? Like you said, you plan for 50 hours to... Oh, yeah. I mean, it. so i give you a quick couple notes. Uh, as well, I want to mention that we, we actually wrote a whole post called uh, oh, Nine nice. Steps for Product Hunt Launch Success. So cool. definitely cool. recommend you look at... I got to yeah, definitely look at the article. I'll, yeah, I'll send you a link for that. Uh, that. That's a great resource for anybody who does want to do a product hunt launch. The, the one or two things I'll say is, one is make sure you post it early in the morning or ask a mm. friend to post it's even better, right. especially someone who influence in the, the product hunt community. Um, we got one of our friends at Shopify who, you know, launches a lot of products there, hunts a lot of products that do that for us. And then, you know, that had a great impact on the community and also, you know, prime your community. We emailed a bunch of our mm. users, a bunch nice. of our customers, our investors and right. said, hey guys, we're going to be doing a launch. We'd love to get your support. We know you already love the product. Um, we know you, you know, big advocates for us. And so a lot of people jumped on that call to action. And then once it picked up during the day, we had a lot of people come on and come in on their own accord and say, this looks cool. And then I also recommend instead of just sending out a big email blast, I mean, you could do that too, but 
make sure you follow up individually. I think if you're asking someone, you know, for review or to vote for you, always better to send them a one-to-one message. That's the least right. you can do. We found that we probably sent over 500, even 1,000 one-to-one messages that day from everything on text, email, Facebook Messenger. That's how to really get your community going. Right. So good. I'm going to definitely link that up for my community. I think that's a great resource. Definitely good success for your, your community and your, uh, for your product. On one hand, you were talking about acquisition. I'm curious about your retention. I was reading on your profile that you were, you were able to triple their active users. What were the strategies you used to, to achieve that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's so, I would say for one, it was just simply growth, right? Um, so a lot of that was what I just mentioned with the product time piece and, and a lot of the things that we've been doing for growth. The other thing is to, you know, reduce unsubscription rates or, you know, people not being successful on the platform. We've just invested so much in user and customer success, mm. product team, our design team, our customer success team, We're working a lot of concert to make that happen. Um, I've certainly done, a, you know, a decent amount uh, on my front as well in terms of, you know, what are the messages that we're sending users early? How, what's our onboarding process look like? How do we really help, you know, at every step of the process, message them, make sure that they feel like there's a conversation going. So if they, you know, are interested in that and they sign up, but aren't finding a lot of success, to let us know or for us to spot those signals early, we really want to make sure people are successful. I think with Nudge, we've also made it a lot easier to simply get started. We've mm. we made sure that, you know, as soon as you sync your data, you're automatically going to get generated some target account lists, of people you can reach out to, ways you can start growing your, your business, your network right away. We try to make those insights come as early as possible for you so that you can have that, you know, wow moment, that eureka right. moment, that experience as early as possible with our product. And then we're hopeful, you know, that you can continue to grow. But that's a lot of it, right? It's, it's just continually, incrementally, iteratively investing in all those means. Cool. Now that's pretty awesome. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about AI. Where do you see AI going and how do you see it affecting marketers? I know you're working at an AI-based company and then you also have an AI podcast how is AI going to affect marketers in, in the future? AI and marketers, I'm actually writing an article about this right now, but suffice it to say, I think that AI in the marketing scope is, it, it's certainly going to change a number of things. There's going to be you know, a lot more targeted insights. I think though, right now it's, I don't want people to be misled and think, oh, wow, it's going to enable me to do even more automation. I actually think we've already hit almost the asymptote of automation. We, we've like approached that cliff of doom <laughs> where it's, people are getting hit. And I'm sure you are too. I I get hit all the time. Endless messages. And I don't have any choice right now but to filter so many of them out. Right. Um, There's so much noise out there. And so I think what AI is actually going to most help marketers to do is to personalize outreach, Mm. especially if they're working in the the context of highly personalized, you know, account-based outreach or very specific individual outreach. I think that's going to be one of the most useful ways, at least right now, that I can see because that's the way to stand out. It's if you can get the best insights, use AI, get it to go all across the web, filter through all the noise, find you the right, you know, here's an interesting thing about that person or here's, you know, a point of point of something I can bring up in a conversation or here's an interesting piece of information about something that this person's interested in and then really focus down, really specialize, go after that account. I think that is, you know, a critical, at least immediate application of AI for marketers. Longer term, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see, we're going to see a lot more um, changes in terms of, you know, how behaviors tracked, how, you know, we can really get into the weeds of understanding, you know, profiles and behaviors. I think that's all going to be really exciting. I don't think I'm an expert enough to, to really predict what that will be. In the meantime, I know that we shouldn't get so obsessed with that we just talk about AI, AI, AI. Right. It really is double down on what you're really good at. See if you can add a further level of personalization, a layer of, of that on top. 
and and don't forget that we're all still human in terms of the people who actually buy mm-hmm. from you. That is that is the most important part. I'd, I'd say is this is a takeaway. Nice. That's so good. I'm going to ask you last two questions. First is like, what's your advice for people who are, are trying to get into entrepreneurship or marketing? What would be some of your tips for maybe somebody who is getting out, of, just graduating from university or trying to shift into marketing? Yeah, 100%. I mean, so my number one tip to anyone in school or looking to make a professional change right now, especially if you're early in your career, is to number one, don't be obsessed with form. I think so mm-hmm. often we get so focused on the form that a job takes or an opportunity or the company we're going to work for. I think the fact of the matter is, especially if you're going to work in a startup or, or you know, in, in a marketing role, there's a lot you can do by simply joining a team, really, really putting yourself in there, work at something really hard for a while, and then, you know, see what opportunities you have to be lateral. I, I think that there's, there's so many different ways to contribute. There's so many different parts of marketing. Um, I really wouldn't get obsessed with the form. I'd simply get into an organization that you admire with people you admire see what you can do for that team, get engaged, learn a lot. Uh, I think that's one of the best ways to start, especially in marketing. And for entrepreneurship, one of the pieces I would say is, you know, really start to reach out, really start to mm-hmm. network now. I think the best way that you can start to feel grounded and in, in if you want to go build a business is talk to people who built businesses, you know, who are building businesses right now. Realize that these people are real human beings. They're not superhumans. They are people with their own challenges, their own flaws. It is really, really hard. I would reach out to founders, I would keep your communications really short. I would send them cold emails and ask them for 20 minutes at a time. And I would learn from them. I would come with a few questions, think about their experience, do some research on them, care, show that you know something about their company. And also try to provide value even in those small interactions. Talk about any right. feedback you have for their brand or company. So often I think founders are desperate for outside voices in terms of what they're doing and how they're perceived. I really think that people underestimate themselves in terms of what they can bring to those level of conversations mm-hmm. and also how willing people are to give you their time as long as you are intentional, as long as you ask clearly, as long as you don't waste their time, and as long as you seek provide value and are very sincere about what you're looking for, I think uh, there's a real opportunity to do that. Awesome, man. That's so good. Last question. I love asking this because we're marketers. What is your call to action for my listeners right now? Where do you want them to go? What do you want them to check out? Feel free to do any shout outs right now. Cool. I'll give you two right <laughs> now. So number one is if you are looking to grow your business, Think about how you're using relationships to do that. Odds are you maybe don't have a tool who can give you the best insight on that. I think Nudge is doing that better than anybody else. The great part is you can get on for free. You go to nudge.ai, you can sign up in five minutes. We're going to be churning through your data and we're going to send you insights on day one. Cool. It's free. It's at nudge.ai. Get on it. Second piece, if you want to learn more about AI in a really simple, comprehensive way, and you want to check out another great podcast, Check out Ask AI. We just launched. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. That's the Ask AI podcast. Sign up now. We're going to be releasing episodes every week of the summer. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, Jackson, for your time. I really appreciate you talking about Nudge and Product Hunt and everything else, man. Have a good afternoon. You are super welcome, family. Thank you so much for the time. So what do you think? Really, I just enjoyed chatting with Jackson. I really like how they use AI to figure out who are the most connected companies in Toronto and in Kitchener Waterloo. If you want more tweetable quotes and outlay from this episode, once again, you can go to growthmarketing.today forward slash 030. And if you didn't hear in the beginning announcement, I'm getting married next week. So I'm going to be taking a four-week break. We're going to return for season three in September. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you have any feedback for me or you just want to congratulate me, send me an email at ramley at growthmarketing.today 
or let's be social and just tweet at me at at Ramley John. Other than that, I'll see you in, in four weeks or so. This is Ramley. Keep on growing.